Hello and welcome to a post-match reaction to the Waratahs versus the Lions. The Lions have just beaten the Waratahs 0-29. A whole bunch of talking points for us to cover this evening. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a podcast, YouTube channel, website and Twitter account bringing you the best in rugby predictions and opinion. Or Hugh might disagree on the opinion side because got Hugh with joining me this evening from Green and Gold Rugby. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm not good. I'm not good at all. This is the first one I'm on for the post game, and that was, you know, I almost was tempted to come up with some excuse. Say I was, I, I, I my internet went down all of a sudden, but uh, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it because that was, um, that was pretty pathetic from the Waratahs, sadly. It was, uh, yeah, zero twenty nine. The first time the Waratahs have ever uh, not scored a point in a, in a Super Rugby game according to the commentary, uh, and the first time that the Lions have ever won in Sydney as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that statistic surprised me about it's the first scoreless performance because I've certainly seen plenty of pretty horrible Waratahs efforts over the years, and um, I'm surprised that the, that's the first one that they've, they've registered the, the, the old duck egg. But, um, look, I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, they, they just... Um, I mean, I, I don't think they they had a penalty in the Lions' half. So I suppose it says a lot about the Lions' discipline. Um, or, yeah, they had a few penalties, but I think later in the game, once they were, they were trying to chase it. But um, certainly that contributes to the, to the score of zero. But um, hats off to the Lions, you have to say. It was a, was a, was a um, very, um, very good performance. It was a very good performance. The, uh, in the first 20 minutes, this looked like it was, it was all Tars' uh, play, but they just couldn't break down that defence. Uh, the turning over the ball to a bit, a bit too often uh, and just not really sort of getting across that gain line uh, too much in, in that for, in, again, against the, the, the Lions. And the Lions racked up uh, an 80% tackling efficiency. It was, it was their defence in the first half that, that, uh, that laid the foundations for this. Yeah, it was. And, and, and I, I've got to say that, that they really um, took their chance as well and, and they stayed really patient in defence. The Waratahs, you know, they, they were their own worst enemies. They dropped a lot of ball um, and, you know, it became comical in, in that middle of the second half where they had the, the amount of breaks and half breaks they made to be finished by a knock-on. I mean, Alex Newsom must have knocked the ball on three or four times and Tickelly must have knocked the ball on three or four times and, you know, coupled with a few just clangers from Beal and Michael Wells and, and, um, and these sort of guys... It, it you know they, they they didn't put enough consistent pressure on the lines and and what they did throw the lines uh, dealt with pretty well I thought and, and you know at, at seven nil at half time I thought the tars were you know were still really well in the game they had a lot of territory and a lot of possession but you know that that fifteen minutes after half time whatever Daryl Gibson said in the sheds must not have, must have put them to sleep because they uh, they came out um, pretty soft. That I, this was the tars. Uh, from a performance-wise, w- won the first half. Sure, they were down seven points to nil. Uh, the the Lions took their 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 one chance well, and whereas the Tars just di- weren't didn't didn't finish any of theirs. They spent sixty percent of the time in the Lions' half in, in the Lions' uh, territory in that first half, and he, and if it wasn't for turnovers, I, we ended up having twenty-four turnovers by the Tars and twenty-one by the Lions. Neither side really put any phases together uh, during this no. game. No, and uh, it was and it was to be honest, it was a pretty poor game to watch, wasn't it? Especially as that game bogged down. I didn't think the referee did a particularly good job keeping it open either. Just um, you know, but but then again, he wasn't the one that was throwing the bad passes and dropping dropping the ball, so it's hard to blame him too much. But um, 
yeah, it was scrum after scrum and line out after line out, and 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 you know that, that sort of game style doesn't really suit the Waratahs. They're lightweight pack. Um, you know, they're, they're looking to move it around and play quick ball and try and run the opposition off their feet. But that sort of a game plan relies on them. They're not making those sort of mistakes. They it, it relies them. It relies on them holding holding their passes and and playing that up up skill up tempo game that worked pretty well for them against the Reds, against the Sunwolves, against the Rebels. But um, it's come unstuck against what you would say is the first really class team they might have played all season. Well, I think it's always, they went away from what's worked well. Ned Hannigan was uh, was moved moved out of the locks uh, and put in the back row. I, mean, I don't think he's a lock, but it showed that they were they were concerned about their scrum. They needed to get some more weight in there. Uh, for this game, so they moved him out. Um, Narivoro, I thought they played him very narrow this game. Uh, they, yeah. they, there's been lots of talk over the last two or three games of, oh, we want to see him come inside and do some work. Well, he did this game and got stopped on the game line and they never got him the ball out wide, did they really? Well, yeah, and and I think the art of Narivoro, which they sort of forgot, which is is sometimes he's, he's better used as a decoy. And it seemed like it was really predictable in that second half, especially when, when they were offset piece and he came up on Foley's inside shoulder that you just knew that they were trying to rumble him over the game line. And I think the first two or three times it, it, it didn't work, but, um, but then they kept on doing it. And, and that was sort of one of the reasons. We, the lines were so easy, easily picked off and, and you had the Quagga Smith and, and the um, Lions back row just sitting on him and, and getting the ball more often. The times he held the ball, he lost it. I've got to say my, my uh, iPhone battery is getting a little bit low, so I might have to plug it in uh, to the wall. So you keep going and I'll, I'll find, a, find a spot. <laughs> yeah, Narivoro, uh, eight runs for 28 metres means that uh, he was the, got the least number of metres out of any of the players, uh, or any of the backs, sorry, uh, from, uh, from the Waratahs, which, which goes to show you yeah, that for a guy who's gone over 100 metres in the last two or three games, got, uh, been scoring a couple of tries each of the last two or three games, he wasn't used properly in this game. Uh, I don't think it. I, I don't blame him entirely. I think I just. I just don't think he was used, and they didn't get in the space um, well uh, in in this game. So that first try uh, that the that the Tars got a uh, little chip over the top, uh, and then um, and then collected by Combrink, uh, and it was spun out wide. But that wasn't the only time we saw that. We saw in the second half as well uh, another chip over the top by uh, by Yanchis. There's definitely uh, that, that sweeper role seems to be missing. Uh, from the Tars, yeah, and and look, it's it's a it's a good strategy, and, and I think they used the their short kicking and the grubbers really well. You know, considering that Nayaravoro especially has a turning circle bigger than the Titanic, um, you know that that was a really smart tactic. And they, you know, those those kicks have got to be inch perfect though, because you saw later they they did overcook a few of them, and it, and it does set up a nice counter attack chance if you get it wrong. But that first one especially was just pinpoint and really hard to defend, and and and. Unfortunately, the Tars, Tars didn't. They defended that quite poorly all night. Yep, no, they did. And uh, the, the and it didn't also help the Tars that their, their line-out went missing as well tonight as, um, as, as, as well. I'll say it as well a few more times. Um, good radio is, a, is the word as well. <laughs> uh, the, um, uh, whereas the, yeah, the Lions, perfect from their line-out, 15 from 15. Uh, the Tars, only 10 from 14, which is... is yeah, that's, yeah. That, well, that also... you know, we were commenting. There's a, you know, there was an article. Nick Bishop on the Raw did a really good article about the Waratahs lineout and how successful that was in the previous weeks. And they must have read it and got a bit excited with themselves because the wheels came off and the lines were superb at set piece and and that just helped them control the flow of the game really well. And it was what 
sort of, I think, got them over, you know, and they scored two tries from line out in the second half too. Yeah, and I think uh, the, the Tars had a 6-2 split on the bench and yet they waited to the 60th minute before bringing any, anybody on. Yeah. You think if you've done that, the whole idea of having a 6-2 bench is you tell your forwards, run yourselves ragged um, and we'll get the other guys on and they can all run themselves ragged for the last half hour. As you say, to really stretch that. But actually it was the Lions who were trying to play at pace in that first half, taking tap and goes, the penalties, uh, quick line outs, trying to tire the, trying to tire the, uh, the, the Tars out. There was a lot being made in the commentary about a six-day turnaround. Is, is that a decent excuse or, or are we just clutching at straws? No, we're clutching at straws. The Lions got off the plane on Wednesday. You know, they've only been in, been in the country for, for uh, less than two days. So I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, these guys are hardened professionals and, and you know, there, there's a lot of frontline wallabies there. You can't say the six-day turnaround had anything to do with Sukopi Kepu missing that tackle um, on, on Quagga Smith or you know, any number of the handling errors, you know, you can, and it's, it's a bit of a, it's, a, it's an absolute cop-out excuse. It's if there ever was one. Cool. And I probably should get in and talk about some of the players that we thought played well or played badly. Uh, for me, Yanchi started off poorly. Uh, quite a few of his passes weren't hitting. A, a clearance ended up being a cross-field kicking inside his own 22, which was common. <laughs> yeah, no. um, the, uh, but he actually managed to turn that round, and it shows that he's that uh, he didn't let that get to him, and shows he's got the composure to to yeah to to forget that and move on and play fairly decently in the second half. Yeah, I thought he outplayed Foley pretty well. The guy I'd, I'd throw in there um, is um, Malcolm Marks. I'm a I'm a really big fan of his, and and just the way he he was a boss the rucks um, in this game, especially in defence. Um, you know the Waratahs don't have a player like him, and and there was you know I think he must have taken three or four turnovers that I saw. Um, and just just that limpet over the ball, and then and then you know ripping it away and, and ensuring the counter attack. He's a big ball runner too. He's and and takes a, you know a lion's share of the credit for the line out working so well. I thought he was um, he was outstanding. So king of the lions, the um, yes, that's right, <laughs> the lion king. No, um, so um, no, yeah, he had apparently he's the, the the leading turnover player in the whole of Super Rugby this season. Yeah, um, that yeah. doesn't surprise me. And to see him hands on ball being lifted with his legs in the air and still having his hands on the ball was pretty impressive um, in that second half. Yep, running, as you say, 60 metres um, from him is, is good for a, for a forward. He, so, yeah, he definitely got through his work and, and had a very good game. Quagger Smith, a bit hot and cold, uh, had some really good moments. And then occasionally I thought um, uh, perhaps lost it as well. But I think he's one of those players that plays on the edge quite a lot. So you're going to get him pinged uh, occasionally. Uh, uh, from there but yeah he was another person that was very um, prevalent and split it to the backs um, Tambawi uh, impressed me quite a lot this evening oh yeah. yeah he was fantastic wasn't he I mean a real live wire sort of winger um, and looked to challenge every time he had the ball and, and really um, you know only needed an inch of space and the Lions did really well to work those mismatches I think they they identified them really well. And I remember one time, even in the Lions Zone 22, when um, he was being covered by Michael Wells, the Tars number eight, and they got him the ball. And even in a little bit of space, he, he, uh, he cooked uh, Wells pretty, pretty easily and, and got away. So, um, you know, that, that, was, that was their um, real asset. And, and not only having him there, but using him really effectively. Wow, we got uh, Brett in the live chat says, went to school with Malcolm. He's a boss. Um, wow, we, there we go. We've got, uh, we've got people in the know in the, in, in the chat. We've got all the best uh, um, best people. 
obviously we've talked a lot about Naravoro, but I actually think Newsom is someone that I'm surprised he's still getting starts. To me, he, he looked poor against the Brumbies, and you talk about Naravoro not being able to turn around, but Newsom also is you put him on the back heel. He's not not very clever. Yeah, he's he, that, that's true, and uh, you've got to think. Uh, I think Cameron Clark's the guy that probably should have that spot, but he's injured, and Andrew Kellaway's been a bit out of form too. So, I mean, there's probably an issue there in that back three. Maybe um, they bring Fakedi back into outside center and move Curtis Rona back to the wing. Um, that there's always an option there. Uh, the player from the Tars, I'll 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 throw in as having a good game in 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 what I didn't think was a, a super bright night. Obviously, it was um, Tom Staniforth in the second row. Um, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around in, in that performance and a lot of drop balls and a lot of errors. And I don't remember Tom Staniforth making any. And I thought he actually carried really well in that first half as well and um, just, just seemed to have a really good presence around the game. So, I mean, he's the one sort of bloke in that forward pack I think could probably hold his head high. Yeah, he played well. Um, and obviously, we saw Hooper was himself. Um, yeah, he kept on going and was always energetic, uh, but um, it, w- one of the sort of uh, problems or, or, or suggestions about kind of uh, Hooper and his captaincy is that leadership element in that in that front in, in amongst that. And yeah, we didn't really see those Kepu, who you want to be the person standing up. You say missed one of the key tackles. Um, standing fourth, by the way, ten tackles, none missed. As you say, uh, put in a good shift, and you just don't see. I mean, Hannigan again, he's Couch Wallaby, but you're not really seeing them yeah. stepping up, are you? And that's, I think that was a problem. And one of the things that Mitchell said during, uh, not Mitchell, um, oh, who was the commentary on Blank, the old winger? Uh, uh, Drew, Drew Mitchell. Drew Mitchell. Yeah, Drew Mitchell. Yeah, he was worried because the heads dropped early in the second half. And he's like, oh, dear, I think we're in trouble here because they've all, they, you can see all the heads have dropped after that try. And you're like, yeah, oh, okay. They need somebody to try and. And they seem to lack that. For, for all the star names I've got here, they lack that leader to to pick people up and get them to go, get them, get them to keep going. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, yeah, you, you're right. And I think there's they've got too many guys that sort of, you know, Hannigan still hasn't stand his class. Michael Wells, they're just too hot and cold. You know, I, I rate them in certain certain scenarios. They can put in good games and then just go missing for a night. And Michael Wells had a, a pretty, I'd thought he had a pretty poor game tonight. And he's a guy that's sort of. He just just doesn't put in consistent enough quality performances. I mean, in the backs, you've got to say Kurtley Beal was the man for the Tars and made some questionable decisions in defence at times. But you know, when he's coming, when he's defending three people on his own, I, I don't necessarily blame him for that. But um, he's the, he was a real live wire, and he, the only guy who looked like making any sort of inroads in attack. He was. Unfortunately, we saw him going, especially in that first half when Foley was off and he had to run the whole show. We yeah. saw him going a bit a bit lateral. They were playing a bit side to side. And you're like, yeah. you can do that in sevens, but in fifteens, you need somebody to straighten it up. You can't just be going lateral the whole time. And I think that uh, also yeah, um, allowed, the, allowed the Lions defence to just float across and, and lose all the space. Um, but yeah, he, he, you're right. He was live while he was trying to do things. Where some of the other other ones are kind of tell me what to do, yeah, um, kind of thing. I, I I've said this before, but that that basically the, the the game revolves around Foley and Field passing, uh, Foley and Beal passing Field, um, and Curtis Rona, for example, eight runs, no passes. Um, Naravore did that to be fair, passed it a couple of times, but I think that that's what, one of my criticisms of the uh, of the Tars backs is if it's not in Beal's or Foley's hands. You know they're going to run it. 
yeah. they're not going to pass it. So you, you don't have to worry about floating about anyone else. You can just concentrate on the ball carrier and try and tackle him. Uh, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no, they're not, they're not asking different, not asking questions or painting different pictures, which is one of those things we've, a term that we've seen a lot used this, this season. Yeah. And, and tonight was the first time you felt they really missed Falau too. I mean, those up and unders were a bit of a, a menace for the Waratahs and they're normally pretty well handled when he's around. Um, and just that a bit more of an attacking threat in the opposition half and the opposition 22, which you felt like one of the reasons why they kept going to deny Aravoro like that was they just didn't have that, you know, other option like that, what, what, you know, the, the, which is what Falau brings to the table. Yep. Um, so it ended up, I, I, I think we've covered all the things I wanted to say. It was a game that started off looking promising for the Tars, uh, early penalties to the Lions early, uh, but the Lions weathered that storm and came back, especially in the second half, where basically the Tars just never got out of their own half. Um, and that meant that they could never, they, they, they were always chasing the game and trying to play and trying to do too much and, and knocked it on. Any final thoughts from yourself? It's got to get better than that next week, hasn't it? The only way is up from here. Hope I'm well, on next time when it's a bit of a happier result and I can crow a bit more after a win. Well, or at would, least scoring points, that would be fine next time. If you want, to, if you if you want to line yourself up, because I think the Tars will have a bye week next week, but after that they play. I'll take the bye week. Well, I think we might get the points there. Well, that, there's a chance there we might win that one. Um, because <laughs> then you have New, um, New Zealand opposition for the next oh, five, no. four weeks. So no. if you want to line yourself up for those four games, <laughs> we can, uh, we can bring back that. the force. I say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear, was it uh, strength in five or something? What's the I've got? Yeah, there, stronger two. as five. Stronger as five. That's it. There we go. So. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much, Hugh, from obviously from the East Coast elite of, uh, of Green and Gold Rugby. Um, let people yeah, know where they can get hold of you. Night. Green and Gold Rugby, yep, um, at G-A-G-R is the Twitter handle and my Hugh Cavill, at Hugh Cavill, H-U-G-H-C-A-V-I-L-L. Um, yeah, and I'll be crying, uh, crying myself to sleep tonight, so that'll be fun. Uh, you will be, but he also does uh, the, the Green and Gold podcast, which comes out every Monday-ish, I think it is. Or oh, sorry, no, you're, you're, sorry, you have two shows on there. The show that you do comes out on a Tuesday normally, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so get so search for your Green and Gold podcast on your old favorite podcasting app. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this podcasting app, give us five stars. It always helps all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall. Always have good, good rugby chat, comments down below. Do subscribe. My face will be there on the recording and there's a red box down there. There's a box up there with my latest video names on the hat, you know, all the kind of normal stuff. Thank you very much for watching and uh, enjoy whatever you're watching this weekend.